0: as he was growing into his teens we didn't realize some of the influences that he was getting exposed to and so we were we were kind of surprised that we found out that he came out okay. uh, to us meaning and, yeah that he uh, that he identi- you know that he was identifying with the LGBTQ got community it. as a gay as a gay, or, yeah. as a gay young man you know so when he ke- came out it was like,
1: a lot of dreams as a parent were, were shattered, you know, at that point. You know, I often get phone calls, as you do too, from from parents that have just kind of been blown out of the water, or even sometimes brothers or sisters, or uh, friend, lo- friends, loved ones, but more often than not, moms and dads. And more often than not, moms, yes. uh, who are just devastated over this news, and of course, all they're thinking about is how do I rescue my child? Like, yes. everything revolves around that. Everything yeah. revolves around, oh my goodness! And, and and then I think the questions of, what did I do wrong? Yeah. You know, is this all my fault? Did I, you know, did I cause this in some way? But what I often tell parents is this, and I also say, that you don't want to hear this news. What I'm about to say to you, it's that. God does have something in this for you right now. And I know right now you're not even interested in that. What you're interested in is, no, all I care about right now is, God, you go after my son or my daughter and bring them back. But so often, I think what moms and dads need to realize, recognize, is this is usually a long-term issue. This isn't something, this isn't a phase, usually. This isn't something that's going to kind of clear itself up in weeks or months, sometimes even years. It's, it's a it's a long-haul thing, and yeah. how are you going to prepare, uh, mom and dad, how are you going to prepare to really go the long haul? As God did a healing in our
0: lives, we were more at peace, and yes. our communication with Him uh, improved. Mm-hmm. He saw a difference yep, and, and was drawn to that. He was drawn to that life.
1: Hey, everybody, thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the Love and Truth Network podcast. So glad that you're here. Whether you're tuning in directly through Love and Truth Network or you're connecting with us through Transforming Congregations, we are really happy that you're joining us and listening in on this particular conversation. I get to spend some time just talking with my friend, uh, Gene, and Gene and I served on the board of Restored Hope Network for, uh, I think, the latter half of one of my terms and have really grown to love and appreciate Gene and his wife Anita. Anita's not with us today, but really uh, thankful for this couple, really thankful for uh, Gene's heart, for the Lord and Gene's heart for uh, the community, the LGBT community and the way that people wrestle and struggle. And so Gene, thanks so much for being with us today and sharing your story and just being willing to engage in some uh, some organic conversation. I appreciate that. You're most welcome, Gary. I'm glad to be here with you. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, and it was really fun to uh, be with you on the board. I think that's definitely where you and I got to know each other the most, right? I've known you for a while. That's right. And you've known me and Melissa uh, for a while, but... I was on that board and I mentioned uh, a couple of days ago when I was interviewing and Edward that when we went away for the board retreat, I mean, that was one of the the richest times hey, of um, spending so- time with the board. It was a lot of fun, but we got a lot of work done Oh yeah, and it was just a great way of getting to know our counterparts, you know, on the board. And that's certainly true for uh, my regard for you as well. So oh, well, thank you, Gary. Absolutely. And the way that we start off, uh, you know, nearly every one of our podcasts is just asking folks, some of their story. And sure. so it, your story, I'd love to hear kind of two, two aspects of your story, two large aspects, and you yeah. can expand on that, how you feel. But in terms of you personally coming to faith in Christ, like yes. what did that look like for you? And, um, what did, uh, what kind of difference has Christ made in your life sure. um, through that relationship? And then also, um, you're the parent of somebody who identifies within the LGBT community. And so how do you navigate that? What does that kind of look like for you? And um, also wanna make sure that we're giving some parents and others hope and encouragement in that in that process. Cause it's a, obviously you know better than anyone, it's a difficult road to walk. Now I know from a son's perspective, what it was like to put my parents through the stuff I did. <laughs> uh, but I still can't, I, I haven't been able to step into my parents' shoes and experience that yet. So sure. yeah, But and again, thanks for being here and we'd love to hear some of your story.
0: Yeah, well first on the story of when I uh, came to faith in Christ, uh, it's been a few years ago. <laughs> uh, I was actually uh, visiting my uh, sister in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, I was uh, grew up in the Oakland, San Francisco Bay Area. And my grandmother was uh, terminally ill. And so my parents, I was uh, kind of a, a young teen, said, you know, you don't need to be left alone. We, you know, your sister's going to uh, take you in, you know, for the summer. And so, uh, and very... Rural primitive uh, area, uh, uh, just real close to the the Oregon border. Uh, My uh, brother in law was a a forester, so it was like out in the West. Wow. Yeah. Sounds delightful. Oh, yeah, it was. It really was. Uh, The interesting thing is that they had like a community center, which was like an elementary school, and they had, there was a traveling pastor that that was the only church in the area uh, that they would just come once a month. And uh, so there was a, uh, uh, an outreach of, of college students and a pastor from the Redding, California area that traveled up into the, uh, this area of the mountains. And it was during that week, things that I was involved with in my uh, life and in, in the Bay Area, or things that I shouldn't be involved in, uh, got connected with a, uh, a young man at that time named Mark that uh, I could I could fast forward my life into the things that project into what I would be and uh, some of the uh, destructive uh, things that, were, that I was heading towards. And I uh, was impressed by his testimony of what God had done through Jesus Christ in his life. And so that just kind of primed me uh, for that. And when I had an opportunity to pray to receive Christ with a, with a pastor at the end of that time, uh, you know, I, I did, and it was, you know, the, it was the old, you know, fashion uh, Roman road, you know, <laughs> that, that he kind of took me through, uh, but it was a good, good illustration and I can still remember it. But uh, the unfortunate thing, and this is my, what I have learned there in life about how important discipleship is, is because I got saved, but then I went back to a non-Christian environment and it was like, uh, I didn't really have a way to to get to church, you know. Uh, at that time, it was like about a year before I got my driver's license, and uh, and, and vehicle, and so uh, so I I struggled, you know, with my uh, with my faith walk uh, with that. Uh, now there was like seasons, you know, but uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, hurt that kind of came through not having that support of a, right. of a of, uh, of a local local church, and then although I. Got into a season where it was there. There was still no one to really kind of mentor and come alongside. So that impacted my life. That will reflect later in my story about how I how uh, I wanted to be there for uh, for others in their journey. And
1: uh, I love them. that also because it reminds me when you say that, like Jesus in the Great Commission didn't tell us to go and make converts. He told yeah. us to go and make disciples, right? Amen. And uh, so. That's a that's a good word. That's an important word that we need to uh, to be to be focused on that longer term, pouring into and seeing not just the the vital uh, coming to faith in Christ and 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 being taken out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light. I mean, how powerful is that? And yet we can really be left to to flounder and and even really shift kind of backward into familiar places, familiar behaviors. Uh, familiar attitudes that uh, with some discipleship and and some you know good relational accountability could really help us um, press into those things and and break through patterns of behavior that don't lead to life you know so yeah well um, so before we talk a little bit about or this really maybe would be more of a natural flow into yeah. Uh, this the work that you're doing now that you and, and Anita are involved in uh, in ministry, obviously it does connect to that. What would you want to say though um, if there's anything specific about beyond what you already said about the discipleship piece in yes. terms of churches being conscious of that generally speaking, thoughts about that and then you can kind of take that and, and lead that into kind of what you guys are doing now for ministry. Sure, sure. Yeah, one of the uh, I was really
0: fortunate you know, kind of fast forward from that point till uh when I met my wife. Uh it was uh, actually in a, a, a college, you know, college environment. She was finishing up her her uh last semester and I was a transfer student kind of later kind of uh uh transferring uh out of state and I knew I needed to get away from the environment that I was you know that I was in. So it was it was helpful to move from where I was to you know, more Midwest, <laughs> and uh, so uh, we we met, we we married uh, a few years before we got married. But in the beginning of our marriage, it was our focus and relationship was on Christ. We knew, knew that that needed to be primary. We needed to find you know a, a church that we could you know uh, plant ourselves in and be become a part of, and so that was always. Uh, uh, and we were fortunate earlier in our marriage uh, with this—and uh, I was still in college—met uh, my—our uh, pastor uh, at that time that we had for, like, maybe 15 years. And those real informative, uh, impressionable uh, years of your, of your marriage, uh, he was finishing up his counseling degree. And so he was on campus, and just—we had visited his church, and, and he said—it uh, was interesting, Gary. He said, uh, he said, I have— Kind of a perception that you're a spiritual butterfly, and I was like, I kind of took offense to that at first. <laughs> right. I was right. like, What does that mean? Right, exactly.
1: You
0: know? and, uh, and and as he went, you know, went on to describe, it was more of about uh, not committing and growing, and and so I was like, Okay, I'm going to commit and to grow, and he was very focused on. This discipleship and equipping that was most of it was more of, uh, so he was very critical, you know, uh, in our, we had our, all four of our children was kind of born born in that uh, span of that 15 years. And
1: So Uh, you're saying he was a critical, critical part of your life. Not that he himself was critical. No, 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 no. But yet willing to ask, really willing to say, I'm perceiving this. Yeah. Like kind of lay it out there and see how you might respond to that. I mean, so, so many times there's an unwillingness to do that because, oh, I don't want to offend somebody or I don't want to, I'm just going to kind of tiptoe around this. And here he gave you an opportunity to consider, huh? I think there's something to what he's saying a little bit.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It, 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 and that was a, a learning point for me that I was able to kind of refer back in my uh, in my Christian walk about being more bold and challenging others yep. in their walk. Yep. Yes, uh, that's great. And so that's that kind of feeds on that or builds on that discipleship. Yes, you know, right. Element. So, um, so yeah. So uh, fast forward in service. Uh, uh, Anita there was a we moved uh, uh, geographically into a, a new area got plugged into a, a new church uh, some of her strong administrative skills were picked up on the church had invited her to come on staff mm-hmm. and so uh, so she was working and the, the pastor that she was working directly with was over uh, counseling he uh, was over the pastoral care uh, small sh- groups discipleship groups. Sure uh... And his passion was on men's and men's uh, men's discipleship mm-hmm. so naturally because of her her relationship and proximity i kinda got drawn into right. that and was kind of a lay leader in in men's ministry for about seven years uh, you know on that and that was about uh... the time you know uh, our son at that point he was a, a teenager he was the youngest uh... we had uh... Four, we have a four children now. Okay, and uh, but he was he was the youngest. All four of our children were born in six years, so they were they were very close together yes. growing up, uh, all of them. And so, uh, but but our son was always you know real kind of quiet, and uh, but always caring, mm-hmm. very caring for others. Sure, and that was one of the things that uh, one of, and he still has that gift, mm-hmm. you know, of caring for others that we've always valued. Um so as he was growing into his teens, we didn't realize some of the influences that he was getting exposed to uh and uh and so we were we were kind of surprised the night that we that he came out that we found out that he came out okay. uh, to us meaning and, yeah that he uh that he identi- you know that he was identifying with the LGBTq Got community it. as a gay, as a gay, girl, yep. as a gay young man mm-hmm. and so um, and and he
1: was sixteen or seventeen and he was
0: he was actually uh, going into his he was a junior in high school okay and he was going into his uh, that was the summer that he was going to be going into his senior year in high school so uh, he was uh, 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 great young man. Uh, in a lot of ways, uh, because of his caring nature uh, and some of the things that he was involved with in school, uh, you know, he uh, people were drawn to him. You know, and so uh, yeah. So you, when you see these things happening in your in your child, there's there's maybe a natural pride, you know, of uh, uh, and expectations of what their life may. Sure turn up mm-hmm. so when that you know so when he came out it was like a lot of dreams as a
1: parent were were shattered yes you know at that point point. and was uh, he when he shared that with you guys was was he saying i think i am or i'm struggling with or was it more of this is who i am it was
0: uh it was interesting uh it was more of uh this is where i am this okay. is who i am you know uh associating with as a recall uh you know uh on that uh he did he was always very respectful uh you know on that uh and uh, it was man uh you know that summer you know we kind of prayed together as a family and i thought well you know we've, we've prayed uh, he's, uh, you know, he's continuing on, doing well in school, excelling in in uh, in his individual sports that he was involved with, and and uh, very focused. Uh, uh, and then when he graduated, things kind of changed when he was going off to, uh, to college. Uh, and so, um, so yeah, that began our journey. Now, when he first initially came out, we were fortunate enough uh in our church to where our pastor was very uh, uh very in tune to this need in the church.
1: Okay. Even mm-hmm. though it
0: wasn't, you know, uh uh in a lot of churches within the denomination, it was kind of like, well, it was a kind of a silence thing, you know. Yeah. It might might happen to to this family, but it's not happening to ours, yep. and we don't need to talk about it, you know. But he was he was in tune to Parents need help.
1: Yeah. And, and this was this was like twenty years yeah, ago, right? This is
0: yeah. And uh and he and his uh, and he had friends that uh, were uh, in the denomination that were uh, pastors that their child had come up and so that's how he became very sensitive to it Got you it. know prior to it really kind of impacting his church. So he had a heart for it. So he he connected um, connected us with uh, Ted and Jan Schneider, which uh, Ted was, uh, and Jan were the founders of the ministry. And it actually, it was interesting in their stories, not to digress, but they had, uh, they started for the same reasons. You know, they were were in church. Their son was, you know, a part of church, but he was a little bit older than our son when he actually came out. But unfortunately, uh, something had happened uh, he was professionally working and got killed about five years into the ministry. Oh. And so it was like, uh, it was, and this was like about six year, uh six months before what we, you know, what, we, uh, what happened in our family. And so it was interesting because um, they were praying about, do we continue on, you know? And they they went to like an RHN conference, right. you know, at the time where we, where we first met. And, uh, you know, God just, in in the care and in their influence and touch uh, with those that struggle with same-sex attraction or walking out, uh, they always loved Ted and Jan. Mm -hmm. and They were just uh, loved on, and it was kind of like, you know, thank you, Lord, for revealing to us that we're supposed to continue on. Well, praise God they did, because uh, that was an opportunity for us to get support. Yeah, and so uh, anyway, fast forward, <laughs> uh, and sex, they were an amazing yeah. couple oh, yeah. too. I,
1: Ted's gone home to be with the Lord. Amen. But yeah. um, Jan's still alive, and yeah. they for years. I remember them at Exodus conferences and all around. Just a, yes. such a stable, solid, gentle but strong, yeah, uh, presence. Really. Yeah. Yes. Yep. yes. And so um, they they provided us a lot of
0: resources. Uh, some of those resources that they had uh, got a hold of through conferences uh, early on. One was a, a, a resource on uh, on relinquishment, and uh, and they always said to us, you know, this is, you know, your your son has brought you to our group, but now that you're in our group, God wants to work a healing in your life. Yes. And it's kind of like, my Anita was saying, no, we've come to this group so exactly. we can get tools right. to change. Her. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it was kind of like, no, that's, and so it took us time to figure that out. And uh, a part of that was relinquishment and prayer and God really kind of changing our life. And the interesting thing about that, Gary, and our relationship with our son because our son knew the scripture he i mean uh there was one time that uh, uh you know his his bible had all the he had shared his bible with us as we were sharing scriptures early on in our journey with him and he had them all underlined he knew what he knew what the word the word said uh but he couldn't reconcile that was his face and the direction that he was going uh but anyway uh so so it was always so us pounding him with things that he knew early on all it did was like separate and push back and so uh and, and that's what we, we you know we caution we don't tell parents what to do it's it's like we tell from our mistakes what happened sure uh uh in in our relationship with our son the truth is powerful but it's got to be received with truth and love and compassion. And so how, he, how that worked out in our life is that as God did a healing in our lives, mm-hmm. we were more at peace and
1: yes. our
0: communication with him uh, improved. He saw a difference yep, and, and was drawn to that. Mm-hmm. He was drawn to that light. And uh, although you know at this point our, our uh, son's uh, journey, he's still you know identified our relationship with him, and uh, his respect towards us and our respect towards him is at a at a level where we believe that God wants us to be you know doing with him, and it's given us influence in our relationship with him and uh, and also uh, with his partner. Which has been long-term, which we care, you know, care for. But the focus becomes more about not change from what the their what their self, you know, what identity, what they're identifying with, but it's what Christ can do in their lives. So our prayer as a parent and our prayer focus in ministry is lifting our children up. So that God would radically change their life in a personal relationship with Him, and the Holy Spirit will do in whatever timing that He wants to do, right. you know His His work in their the world. The mystery
1: of how His sovereignty works with our free will and all yes. of that, but yes, right.
0: So the discipleship factor uh, that we have, uh, and that was one of the things uh, you'd mentioned about. Ted passing. You know uh, why? One of the things that uh, Ted, Ted had a vision for things that I didn't. Sure. uh, They asked us for, uh, when we were at a point of of healing in our lives, they invited us to go to our first exodus, uh, and God had already laid on our hearts. He wanted to use our brokenness and our pain uh, to help other parents. We didn't tell that to Ted and Jan, Mm -hmm. but separately, God was saying to them, you need someone Younger to come alongside of you, and although I think I'm about a little bit, or we're, about, we're probably about dead Jan's age when they first invited us, you know, on this on this journey. You know, time flies by fast, uh, but uh, so we did, and that first experience, you know, after having seven years of discipleship and discipleshipping men. We were going to that conference to be equipped as leaders. What happened at that first Exodus conference was we had no idea that God was going to change our world. And how He did was He gave us a heart and passion for those that are on their journey walking out of that. And, uh, you know, my first response to God and. During that time of of prayer, during the conference, was I'm calling you to to come along and mentor healthy relationships uh, to men that I'm gonna bring to you. (laughs) And my first response, Gary, was, Lord, I failed with my son, you know. Uh, And he says, I'm not calling the equipped, I'm calling the obedient. And I was like, "Okay, I'm in, Lord." And so it was like my first person was like, he came from Northwest Arkansas to Oklahoma City to this regional conference, and he connected me with them there, and uh, uh, and that's and then since that, as I've been working with you know with young men, men at all ages. I mean, it was kind of started out young, but it's like men of all ages. God just brings who He wants me to at the time. And uh, what's so neat in, in our ministry is it's not just parents, there's overcomers that have been uh, drawn in to be able to share their stories with parents. And our focus has been in the last uh, seven or eight years is, is uh, since they invest their time, Anita and I invest our time in these, in these singles uh, that, uh, that we're walking alongside of too. And so it's a beautiful thing. It's like this is what the church was intended to be yes. in terms of discipleship and coming alongside uh, each other. And uh, so, uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of our that's, story. I love it. Yeah, that's so good.
1: And I just as you're kind of wrapping up right there, yeah. what what struck me is that I mean that this isn't this isn't just something that. You have a passion for doing, yeah. but you have a passion for loving people in that space Amen. Like, and, and seeing yeah. what God um, desires to do to continue their, their growth, their development, their maturation in, yeah. into manhood, a biblical manhood, not just some cultural caricature of what that looks like. Yeah. And so I, um, I love your your heart in that, and and I and I, and I also love not only your heart in that, but the reality that what your heart is communicating is it's truly a reflection of biblical discipleship. It's not. I, re- I remember uh, growing up in church and my experience of, of discipleship at that time, from well-meaning people. But my experience of that was sitting around a table, you know, and yeah. and and hearing. Um, theological truths and of course that's a part of discipleship for sure. sure but that was kind of the beginning and the end of it you yeah. know for me it was just these are this is what the Bible teaches it was very di- didactic yeah. and, and not in any way relational yeah. a- at all And and there was no invitation for hey let's talk about how you're doing let's 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 kind of shepherd your heart a little bit, uh, those around this table, you young people. uh, Let's talk about Does this, what I'm saying and sharing in scripture, does this seem true to you? How do you relate to that? There was none of that. It was just, this is what to believe. And, you know, this is discipleship. So I, I think that obviously a biblical model and so much of what you're talking about is yes, it's, it's pouring truth into, but it's life on life kind of discipleship. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's, it's it's really living out
0: what Jesus intended that for us to do is be His hands and feet. Yep. You know, uh, touching lives, coming alongside uh, people and walking with, th- you know, people through. Uh, so, yeah, you're, you're right on. Yep, yep.
1: <laughs> well, and also, what has your involvement been in terms of encouraging other moms and dads that are in similar situations that yes. you and Anita have found yourself? Well,
0: one of the things that... Um, it's been interesting as far as in our journey is that, you know, we we modeled and continued uh, what uh, Ted and Jan were doing. Of course, uh, during that time where I really kind of took over things as far as leading the group uh, was when COVID began Yes, because everything went virtual. And so uh, Ted and Jan wanted... Me to just kind of facilitate, yeah. you know, virtually on that, and we'd always debrief after, you know, uh, the the weekly uh, the weekly meetings. But what they saw is, you know, over their, their years, people would come, kind of come for uh, till they got to a, a, a place of of healing, or there wasn't as much conflict, and then the parents would disappear. Yes, you know, and right, that would right. be so frustrating to them. Um, so anyway, so we saw that. But it was neat because they were able to see uh larger numbers people that they had touched their lives that had moved out of state were now able to kind of connect and so it was a, it was a sweet time for them and they those that had been walking in their journey longer were able to to kind of share their experiences with the these new parents that were that God was bringing to us during during covid and so uh so that was that was good. We knew that uh, towards the end of the COVID, we tried to do kind of a blended group, which we still do. Uh, you know, those- uh, Like a hybrid kind hybrid. of. Yep. Yeah, yep. hybrid. And, uh, and so, uh, but we, we knew and we were talking to them about, there's so many resources that they've used in the past, but there's so many ministries uh, within this Restored Hope network that uh, that have developed resources that we could be using and right. promoting and, right. and and that and uh, uh, and they were you know they were saying yeah we've got to got to be doing that and uh, one one part that I might mention uh, it was it was actually over seven or eight years ago it was Ted Snyder uh, talk about mentoring and coming alongside he just kind of put his arm around me and he says, I think the, you, it's time for you to help support the RHN board. And I was kind of like, really? <laughs> he says, no. He says, you've got skill sets, most of them are ministry leaders, but you've got business skill sets and you've got a heart for this ministry and I think that's what RHN is going to be needing. And so he was the one who kind of put me in. right? Uh, got me set up, but it was, it was kind of like, so I was on the board. It's kind of like when we had had uh, met at the well. We've known each other, but I really got to know as you were sh- sharing about on those board retreats. sweet times, you know, uh, getting to know each uh, each other better during during that time. But what well, we, but um, the beginning of one of those retreats, right after you had. You retired. It was doing the back end of COVID when people were starting to mix that Ted got COVID and he within 10 days he was gone. And I didn't know when I was going to the board retreat, but the first day of my that was ours. So the board, you know talking about you know the ministry leaders and pastoral care of and uh, the hearts of the leaders that are serving on the, the board, ministry members. They, uh, you know, they prayed. They, you know, prayed over me at the beginning of of, of the meeting, and and God did was doing a work. Yeah, you know, Absolutely. in that time. And uh, so, when I got back from the board meeting, God was God was showing me, you need to take a professional sabbatical to where you can just focus on what I want you to be retooled this this year for the ministry. And uh, once I made a commitment to do it, I got an offer to speak within less than 24 hours to one of the big pastoral associations in our region. And I was able to, to promote RHN, shared what we did, shared a clip of—an uh, eight-minute clip of Anita's and my testimony. Uh, I must say, I think they were more interested in Anita's part of sharing than they were of mine. It was, but it was awesome. They they connected with me. It's only supposed to have like about 20, 20 minutes Q and A time. They took they kept me for fifty minutes and then invited me to to lunch with their group after after my meeting. So that was the beginning of the launch of getting influence, and through that, we started getting pastors that had been impacted in their lives and their family with loved ones that have been LGBTQ identified. So, so as God was doing, a, a, a speaking to me in this journey, it's like, this isn't your ministry. This is, I'm giving you this to stu- steward, and you just need to walk in obedience, and I'll give you the resources. Uh, I know you're not a trained ministry leader (laughs) that uh, has multiple, but you're in a network that has multiple resources that you can plug people into nationally as they, as they come to you. Just let me use you. And I was like, God, I could do that. There's no, so, so that's the space that's I'm in awesome. today. So good. Well,
1: and in, in, uh does your uh, ministry, does your uh, group about hope, right? Yes. Does that is are they? Is there an online opportunity for um, moms or dads or friends of others to to join you that haven't been a part of the oh, yes. in person group?
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, one of the things as far as virtual, our past, our pastoral advisory group two years ago when before had 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 passed uh, one of the first things that one of the senior pastors on that group had mentioned is like we want you to have a website and you know with all the other ministry things we were doing now we have just gotten to the point where we're hoping to be able to kind of launch we still can be found as people google us yeah you know it will take it you know to the church and to a link for informational link to where they go because i'll ask people when they contact how right. do you hear about right us? and it's like it's interesting yeah so like, I, i'm always surprised about over, yes i get you know, that too <laughs> like, oh. so that's becomes one of my uh, uh standard questions now yes uh, which is uh which is a fun one to ask and to find out how god works and orchestrates people bringing to i'm always you.
1: astounded that somehow we pop up in the drill down in google i'm like oh yeah. that's a god thing for sure right isn't that, <laughs> you isn't can't it even that? find us yeah
0: yes yeah. yeah, we're yeah. hearing that it's kind of like wow that's yeah. a that's a in uh, in some it's interesting not to digress, but it's kind of like yeah we're looking through the uh, through through Google and seeing a lot of honor affirming care, but that's not what we were looking for. We were looking for yes, uh, and uh, so when we found you, you know, it's like we wanted to reach out to you. So what we uh, so as we get these, uh, what we we've been utilizing as content, and this was through through our RHN uh, connections uh Denise uh, Schick and Jason Thompson developed uh, Portland, uh, through Portland Fellowship's uh, online program, Hope Online. And it's, uh, it's an eight, uh, it's an eight lessons content could be done virtually. And again, we kind of do a blended group. So yeah. basically it's through Zoom and I can do screen share and they can. Everybody can kind of watch the video. Right. What we divided up is like in each part, each lesson is broken up into three parts, and it it, it builds on it each other. You know, uh, for all uh, eight parts, and so we've uh, we do we do that, and as we get new parents, it's it's the curriculum is designed in such a way that it can meet whatever their needs at is when they kind of great come, you know yeah. c- kind of come in. And uh, so the first the first hour, we do uh, a ten minute segment. We have like fifty minutes of discussion on that, which is really robust. And it seems like the Holy Spirit just kind of leads us into that ministry time. And that ministry time is kind of like what Ted and Jan did. is just kind of like touching base with people, kind of like in a, a, a living room family setting, like what you would do. How you know? How's your family doing this week? And and just different ones in the group pray for them as they're sharing. And it of course through prayer it ties us all together, you know, closer yes, in the yes. Lord. And and so that's a kind of a precious time. We get a new parent, we do our lesson, but we let people know we've got a new parent that's gonna be on. We're gonna give them, you an opportunity to tell you what the group has meant to you. Sure. You know, in five minutes. And just kind of go round robin around you know the group, both vir- those on virtually and those in person, and uh, and then inevitably they always want to share their story and why why they're there in the group. But at that point, they feel it's safe and there's so much at peace to be able to
1: share that, and then they come back. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, and there's and so what is the best way for? somebody who's listening to this podcast or watching it, what is the best way for them to get in touch with your ministry um, to define the various resources that you offer, potentially including uh, the Friends and Family group? Well, soon, it will be abouthope.net. Okay, <laughs> yeah.
0: But since we don't have that, it would be like just info at uh, abouthope.net.
1: Okay, Yeah. so and right now, take info to... at hope.net Hope. uh, right yeah, now. we'd we'll take it. Okay, take it to But us. soon you're going to have your own. Uh, so the website, website is still being developed. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. When when would you expect that to be available? We're
0: we're hoping by the end of this year. Okay. Uh, the first of this next year. So by the end of
1: 2023, hopefully, maybe yes. moving into 2024. Yeah. Okay. And
0: we'll just kind of be, and then at that point we'll just be tw- tweaking it and building it. Yep. And in a lot of ways, what we're looking at is just continuing like what we have been doing ministry, is putting out free resources, drop-downs, and in connections with ministries that might be in the region or the country that they need to connect with. So it's kind of like, uh, even though we fall under the umbrella of RHN, we still promote RHN ministries through our ministry. Yeah, yeah.
1: uh, since we're set up the way we are and, and how often uh, does your your group meet for moms and dads and loved ones we we meet uh, on a weekly basis okay good yeah, yeah
0: great we did uh, since we've had uh, more lay leaders in the that are kind of developing we see uh, them potentially being able to launch uh, a, a parents group sure in their at their church and so we do a, a you know, we have encouraged uh, those and those pastors to go to uh, Restored Hope Network yes. Compass and regional conferences that uh, that uh, member ministries are, are, are putting on, and that's that's I've, we've really seen a lot of growth and development and equipping That's great. that. One of the things that we're doing now, we do take down the third Monday or third Tuesday, because it's normally Tuesday that we meet, but we'll take down the third of of each, uh, the third uh, Tuesday of each month because we partner with uh, Faith, Hope, Love in in California for their speaker series. Okay, David
1: and Jeannie's yeah, ministry. David, yep.
0: Yeah, David and Jeannie uh, Fisher. And uh, they've, you know, we told them what we're doing. We've got these pastors. We're looking for ways to equip them. And uh, so we, to make it easier on our, uh, on our parents is you know we we won't meet that Tuesday the following uh, uh, so we take take that one down except for when they're not having when they're taking down ministry wise and great. we just go back into the
1: yep okay every uh, every week that's great you know segment that's great one of the things I wanted to loop back around to because I think this is so critical for moms and dads yes. and you brought this up earlier and I just want you to kind of talk speak to it a little bit more. Well, I often share with moms and dads that, you know, I often get phone calls, as you do too, from from parents that have just kind of been blown out of the water, or even sometimes brothers or sisters or uh, friend lo- friends, loved ones, but more often than not, moms and dads, and more often than not, moms, yes. uh, who are just devastated over this news, and of course, all they're thinking about— and I think this is what you were communicating. You know, you and Anita were at this place too, and my mom and dad certainly were in the beginning too. Is all that you can think about is how do I rescue my child? Like, yes. everything revolves around that. Everything yeah. revolves around, oh my goodness! And, and and then I think the questions of, what did I do wrong? Yeah. You know, is this all my fault? Did I, you know, did I cause this in some way? And so, and then you know, there can kind of be these wild swings of perspective around all of that. But what yeah. I often tell parents is this. And I also say Mm -hmm. that you don't want to hear this news. What I'm about to say to you, it's that God does have something in this for you right now. And I know right now you're not even interested in that. What you're interested in is no, I, all I care about right now is God, you go after my son or my daughter and bring them back, bring them back into the family, show them where, you know, where they're off track, whatever. But so often I think what moms and dads need to realize, recognize, is this is usually a long-term issue? Yes. This isn't something. This isn't a phase. Usually, this isn't something that's going to kind of clear itself up in weeks or months. Sometimes even years. It's it's a it's a long haul thing. And how are you going to prepare, um, Mom and Dad? How are you going to prepare to really go the long haul? And and of course, also we have an enemy who wants to use this news, use the the tension around it, and all of that to actually split. Um, husband and wife apart uh, whether that's ultimately in divorce or just kind of in in bitterness and and kind of bickering and fighting Uh, and if that doesn't happen at least really to just take them down a rabbit hole of of despair and discouragement I remember one of the moms uh, and dads that I have been connected to for probably 20 years now or longer one of the statements that she made, the mom in this case said that our son came out and his father and I my son came out of the closet and his father and I went into the closet. Meaning we, we just in their own isolation, their own shame, their own concern about saying anything to anybody about like, we don't even want to ask for prayer because we're concerned that people will reject our son or, or again, not understand if this is a phase, do we even want them to know that this was part of it? So there's so many ways in which moms and dads are not getting the support they need and, and only focusing on, what God's going to do in their life their child rather than God what do you have for me in the midst of this grief and sorrow and shock and tragedy do you can you speak to that a little bit more Sure Yeah
0: one of the things that that we have found that it's very helpful for parents especially that very first contact Yeah is we try to if they're if they're like out of state and we can't like meet with them in person we we try to get when homosexuality hits home from joe dallas that right Book that resource because mm-hmm. that's that's so key because a lot of times parents are wanting to do something yep. to do that fixing and if you give them a, a, like an assignment right they're focusing in well you know god uses that yes. resource you know to uh to kind of speak to them you know, kind of, okay, absolutely. kind of where they're at and, and just kind of give some really good foundational uh, stuff for them. Followed up by the very first meeting, always aligned a to have a, a testimony of hope.
1: Yes, yes. So,
0: you know, we'll go through the introductions of what the group has meant to you. And, and a lot of times they will be, we'll have parents share, you know, this is what I was like when I first came and this is kind of where I'm at. know right now in my in my healing so that's that's helpful but then you have a testimony of hope at the very end of what when i say a testimony is hope it was it was a child someone's child that what they uh what they were experiencing their journey how many years that you know that they walked through that. Uh, and it wasn't, to your point, you know, a real quick thing. But it was there, during that process. They hear the message of, I had pray, praying parents. My parents prayed for me, and even though I did X, Y, Z, they still prayed for me. They still, still loved me. They had their own boundaries. At uh, I didn't like. Their boundaries, I didn't like my parents' but boundaries yeah, either, right? Yeah, but, but I learned to. I'm grateful for them today. Yeah, yeah. but I learned to expect and be very appreciative. So it's good to hear that message uh, with these new these new parents, and it's really interesting how you watch the body language, either virtually or in person, of these parents at the end of that first meeting, and then you, uh, when we a lot of times I'll have the overcomer that's that shared their testimony praying over the parents yes after they've had some q a yeah. and stuff like right. that but it just kind of like seals that initial point and that's parents heart to put them on their path of healing
1: yeah absolutely and, uh, but it's just the foundation but it's just uh, it's that first step well and i think it really underscores the reality that we were made for community, right? Yes. And and moms and dads, loved ones in these situations, who want to, who do love their child. Obviously, they do love their loved one deeply, and they want to know how to navigate in a way that's meaningful and rich, and and uh, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And and so. Um, But but we need walking partners. We Mm -hmm. need others who are in similar situations and maybe some who aren't necessarily, but we're walking together in ways that are open and vulnerable about our pain, our loss, our sorrows. Uh, and and this the the cycles of grief and the roller coaster sometimes of grief. So I love so much what you and Anita do, what you bring to Restored help Network, what you bring uh, in the the specific ministry that you guys lead about hope, and uh, and also just in in the the friendship, you know, oh, that, yes. that we um, have you know, maintained and over all these years. So it's really fun to be here at uh, the American association of Christian counselors conference. And obviously anybody listening to us, watching us uh, are there. You're hearing the background noise, but we're right here in the middle of a conference and, but how fun to be able to see you, to see Anne. To see others here that um, that I've known for a long time, and even and then meet new friends at oh, the same yeah. time too. So
0: there's always new friends that yep. God brings in our paths at yep. these conferences.
1: Yep. But thank you for the invitation, Gary. Yeah, absolutely, to- it's been good. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Hey, I want to just thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Love and Truth Network podcast. Again, whether you're tuning in through Love and Truth Network or transforming congregations, we're so glad that you are following us, that you're listening to us. If you've tuned in for the very first time, we hope that you'll join us for the next episode uh, for the Love and Truth Network podcast. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us for this Love and Truth Network podcast. To listen to or watch future episodes, please check us out at loveandtruthnetwork.com forward slash podcast. Also, you can subscribe to Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Podcast, and we look forward to seeing you in a future episode.